The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff. And we've been having a slew of great guests on the show. And today, it's just going to be you and me talking about what you need to have organization in your career. So you may be thinking about making a move or maybe not sure. And so today we're going to be talking about the key elements that go into really being planful and mindful of moving your career forward. So this is a little bit more of a planning exercise And really important for those of you who are thinking about making a move in the future, there's nothing worse than seeing that perfect position or perhaps even getting an interview for a promotion and you don't have everything together. You're racking your brain about why why someone should hire you or why you deserve that promotion. So let's, let's solve some of those issues up front and perhaps over the summer or as you're doing your spring cleaning, is a great time to think about putting all these things in order. So we're going to talk about the things that you need to put in order to really have a great portfolio, if you will, starting in this in the midst of your career and making sure you move that forward. Now, this is one of the most frustrating things for a career professional who might try to help you, is you sit down with us to work on your resume and we start to ask you questions about your career and and you can't remember. There's nothing wrong with that. It just happens. And it really does you a disservice, especially if you're looking to make a move or if an opportunity comes up and you can't take advantage of it, right? There's nothing worse than having an opportunity come about and having to scramble to get everything together to, to respond. So we're going to start with the easiest place to start and work backwards because those are the things that will be a little bit more troublesome moving backwards. So the first thing that I would do for you in your portfolio, if you will, is just the basics. An application, a outline of a resume doesn't have to be all the details, but to start with where have you been and when? And seems like a simple thing, but You'll be amazed at the people who have a hard time with that or who dates change in the middle of of a process to communicate them, and that's not going to look real great if you're changing your employment dates in the middle of an application process or even on your internal resume in the middle of trying to get a promotion. So start there. Outline, Outline the basics. You can get a job application like PDF off online. Or you could just start a blank document or perhaps you have an old resume that you haven't added to in years and you can pull that out and just start to add the basics. The the who did you work for, when, where, what were your titles? And don't forget to include those promotions. may not seem like a big deal to you to include the title that you used to have and the title that you have now, but that's going to be a great story for you on your resume or a great story in an interview and if you don't make that note, you may forget that, that that happened and won't have the chance to go back and correct that. So start there. Start simple. The next step, of course, would be to start thinking about some of your accomplishments. 
And the best place to start here is in your current position. So what accomplishments have you had in the past year? Get those down. A story format, of course, people talk about challenge, action, result. I think that it's awesome. And one of my colleagues talks about adding in the emotion piece of that. And of course, these are things that you wouldn't necessarily put on a resume, but to really think about the emotional um, impact. And you may say, well, why would that matter? Well, when you're thinking about a business story, sure, there's results that are important. And then there's the reason that people really get engaged in the story. And that usually has to do more with the emotion that you're able to tell that story with. So if you're talking about how you increased sales by 100%, very impressive. However, if you talk about the context around that, why it was so difficult, even more impressive. And if you can tie me in with any kind of emotional language, emotional context in terms of, you know, my team was was really doubting our ability to do that or something that just brings it to that next level. And then the excitement that everyone felt when you were able to deliver, especially when you're telling those stories in an interview, a few little emotional words can do a lot to make someone else really feel like they're in the story. And of course, it's a great sales tactic if you are um, in the sales world in terms of, of marketing and selling a product or service. So use it for yourself. Don't be afraid to figure out how you can get some emotion into your stories. So then it may become a care story. <laughs> I'm not sure that works out real well, but something to think about you're moving forward. So start with the last year. What have you done in the last year? Challenges, actions, results. Those might be projects that you've worked on. They may be key areas that you've influenced. You might think of them as your biggest accomplishments this year, if you like that language. For some of you, that won't be um, appropriate, and that's okay. But what have you done in the past year to add business to add value to your business, to your customers, to your supply chain, to your internal customers, whoever it is that you influence and impact with your work? What have you done? Now, you know, you may have to start thinking about that moving backwards. And so really driving to find at least one or two stories from each position that you've held. And if they're on your resume right now, but they're a simple little bullet, make that thing into a story. And if they are on your resume, but they're in the language of duties. So if you've got a job description resume, start digging in and really thinking about the stories that show you accomplished those things. And again, one or two of those stories to start with for each position that you've held going backwards. Now, you might say, no, you know, why does this matter? Well, a few things that we're doing here. One, of course, we're getting great content for your resume and or an interview. Two, if you're going to get a promotion, you have to be able to communicate these things in your annual reviews or perhaps better on a more regular basis. You're making your work visible to others in, in subtle ways that make sense, right? We don't need to be overly boastful, but we do need to make sure that the things we're achieving are somewhat visible in the organization. Just working hard and keeping our head down is not going to get us where we think it's going to get. So make sure that we're communicating those in some way. The other thing, and this is perhaps the most powerful for your career, is to see where you're having success, to see those themes in what is driving your career. What is it that happens when you're successful? What are the common threads throughout these stories? And then you can start to say, okay, you know, this seems to go well for me and I enjoy it. I'm going to have both, right? And then we're moving it forward. And there's a big argument out there about passion and the chicken or the egg around passion and success, right? Is it that you were successful because you did something you were passionate about and so we should all should go out there and really try to find our passion? Perhaps for some of us that makes sense. 
there is also research and, and I think pretty sound common sense thinking around that you are passionate about those things you are great at and you have success and that success breeds passion. And so especially if you're feeling lackluster about your career at the moment, go back, look at those times when you've been successful, look at the themes. What is it about those memorable experiences that really, that really brings to life your career? And how could you translate that? How can you do more of that? You might be surprised at the passion you can derive even out of not really making that big of a change. When you focus in on it that way, focus in on doing the things that do give you that great feeling. And so that might be taking the story idea to a little bit deeper level. Instead of just looking at accomplishments in the past, one of the best activities that I do with individuals is, is called appreciative inquiry. And in appreciative inquiry, we're looking at the things that you've enjoyed the most. When have you felt the most alive? When have you felt the most successful? And it really doesn't matter whether or not it gave value to the business at this point, right? This is more of a, a thing about you. <clears throat> so two or three of those stories from any time in your career, highlight those do a little appreciative inquiry of your own. And you don't have to write a whole bunch. You don't have to take a lot of effort to do this. A few bullet points will help you start to see the themes. Telling these stories to other people is a great way to have them help you see these themes. You're going on summer vacation, right? A little bit of, of, of jotting down some of these peak experiences is what the appreciative inquiry process would call them, jotting down some of these peak experiences and then looking for the themes there. And again, really reflecting on those are your strengths. Those are your, your talents shining. And how can you do something with that? So for instance, working with an individual a while back who had her stories, her peak experiences, and the accomplishments that were more formal, we were going to put in her resume. And there just seemed to be a theme in every position that when she got in, there was absolutely nothing developed. She was always starting from scratch and she loved it, right? She loved that kind of being off road, being on out there on her own, thinking about how she was going to make it happen and then making it happen, of course, within a team or an organizational structure. And so that theme we can do a lot with. One, we can seek out more opportunities to do things that are aligned with that theme, and it's going to fill our soul, right? It's going to fill our bucket. It's going to become that quote-unquote passion, whether you like that word or not. It's, it's going to drive us. The other thing that it's going to do is it's going to become part of your core brand. So we talk a lot about branding, and people get confused about branding, and branding is really just what do you bring to the party, Right. Love our, our Venice Johnson saying that at, at my latest conference was talking about, you know, what do you bring to the party? What is it that you do that is so great, right? Everybody wants you to bring that dish again and again to the party. And that's your brand. And these exercises in terms of looking at the themes and your accomplishments, looking at the themes and your peak experiences really can help you hone in on what that is. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and today we're talking about some critical summer activities for your career management. So we've been talking about the power of having an outline for your career history and starting to gather some of those stories that go with that history, as well as then the opportunity really for you to do some thinking around what I call appreciative inquiry. Well, it's not my term, it's a counseling term, but it's a wonderful, powerful process just to key yourself into what drives you, to think about those peak experiences, look at the themes among them, and start to build an understanding of where you thrive, where you shine. Once you have some of those things, then you might start to think about goals. And you might say, well, Marie, why didn't we start at goals? I find that goals and vision are challenging for a lot of people, even though it should be simple, or we think it should be simple. The truth is that thinking about where we want to be in our career is a complicated question. It doesn't, it's not under your control entirely, right? Someone has to hire you, even if you're going to go out on your own as an entrepreneur, someone has to pay you to, to do work for them. And so I typically don't start with, with vision and goals, even though they might be the most obvious place to start because they're also the most challenging However, now that you've looked at some of your themes, and particularly if you've done some appreciative inquiry and really dug into what what does drive you, when are you happiest, then we might look also at values and values not being like morals and, um, you know, religious or political. We're talking about what do you want out of work and what you want out of work shifts, of course. When you're younger, you might want something that pays a whole bunch or it gives you a whole bunch of challenge. Then you get married and you need something with flexibility or you have kids and you really need something with flexibility. And perhaps you decide you want to live in a city or live in a country town. And so those drive your work decisions. So those life values in some ways will drive your work values But what is it that you're really looking for out of work now? Is it money? Is it flexibility? Is it the opportunity to use a certain skill set? Maybe you've discovered a certain skill set that's really standing out to you. Is it to work for a certain type of company? I find people very passionate about getting into the nonprofit world or the government world. Check that. Do some research, make sure it's what you think it is, and it fits with those things that you want out of work, because usually that decision is being driven by an assumption that that type of work is going to give you something specific. Dig in. What is that something specific that you think that line of work or type of work or type of company is going to give you, and jot that down. Then see what types of companies or organizations might actually offer it. For instance, lots of people want to work for nonprofits because they think it offers a lot of flexibility. They can, and it can also be a never-ending job where you never really get to stop working because you're always volunteering or coordinating volunteers or doing whatever it might be. And so that type of work might still give you the type of flexibility you're working looking for, but it may not. It may actually be more work than your corporate job to be into that kind of work. So what are the underlying assumptions, underlying beliefs, underlying desires that are driving some of those decisions? And let's get those down first and then check those assumptions as we look to make a change. 
you might be looking for a promotion, more money, more responsibility, the opportunity to use skills, grow skills, great things to think about. And if you're looking to grow skills or use new skills, you may not be able to do that in a promotion or you may not have a promotion available to give you that opportunity. So there are other ways we can get to that if we know that that's the driving factor. So those values, I guess, would be that what is driving your work decisions? What is driving where you think you're going in your career? And then you have the goals themselves. What are you looking for out of work? Are you looking for money? Are you looking for an opportunity to do something more? What are those goals that you want to achieve in the next one to three Maybe if you're if you like to think that far out five years, where where are you headed? And you might also jot down some personal goals in addition to those work goals, because of course the two are going to overlap and have a lot of fun with each other as you're as you're moving along, right? You may think that, oh, you want to do this or do that, and then whoopsie or your professional goal gets into conflict with a personal goal, and that yeah, that's okay. You can still have both. They may just be on a different timeline. They may look different. A lot of different things might happen. So as you're listening to this podcast, right, that that, that is a, a point in life that you've gotten to through a lot of twists and turns, and there'll be plenty of twists and turns afterwards, and you are... You are at their mercy in some ways. You can direct them in other ways. And you're, you're in charge of being flexible to adjust to those twists and turns. And if we set goals that are too rigid or don't think about how they might interact with other things going on, we can be disappointed because we didn't achieve what we wanted to and we didn't plan ahead to be flexible to either readjust that goal or make the two goals work together somehow. And that idea just spurred a thought around work-life balance. So a lot of people will put work-life balance as one of their high goals and or desires, values out of work, what they're looking for out of work. And I would encourage you to be more specific. What do you mean by that? Work-life balance in my and my experience does not exist. There's work-life integration, work-life flexibility. There are work-life choices that you'll make. But I don't think that it really ever balances. Maybe for a moment in time, but you'll be doing more work at some points in your life. And if you're lucky and you are focused, you may be able to focus on family at more point at more at other points in your life. But it's really figuring out how you want to integrate the two. How are you going to integrate work and life? And, you know, as an entrepreneur, it looks a little bit different. But I know that lots of you in high positions and companies especially are very similar. You're working a very similar schedule. And so it really becomes that work-life integration. Can you go to your kid's soccer game and then you go home and you and you work at night, right? For me as an entrepreneur, I have a lot, <laughs> a lot going on. And yet the wonderful thing is that I get to decide when I do it for the most part, right? And that is your trade-off for having that flexibility is perhaps quote-unquote, longer work hours, although oftentimes when I'm working in the evening, it's because I did something during the day that a lot of other people wouldn't have been able to take off time from work to do. You know, I love being able to do the activities I do with my Rotary Club, deliver meals on wheels to people in our community who who need it during the middle of the day, but sure, that might mean I'm working a little bit at at night. And for those of you in the corporate world, you know, how are you going to integrate that work in life and make decisions and communicate boundaries that allow you to do that. But it's more about integration in my experience and some of the research is starting to show this as well. It's really about integration, not about work-life balance. And then again, that's going to look different at any one point in time for us that at some points we may have a little bit less to do at work If we're setting good boundaries, those times should come. 
and then we'll have time to do some things outside of work. And then in, in other times, we'll be slammed at work and some of those family activities get put, put aside. And we have to be comfortable with those decisions that we're making and realizing how that work-life integration is or isn't working for us for that ebb and flow. So that's great value to have. You just want to be a little bit more specific with it, just like some of the other values. What really is it that's an underlying assumption there that you need? And the more specific you can get, of course, then you can ask for it. You can design your life around it. You can um, find a new job. If you're looking for a new job, you can really screen whether or not that job is going to provide it. But if you're too nebulous about what it is that that means and how it works, it's probably going to be hard to get it to happen. So think about that this summer, especially if you've been thinking about a move. What really isn't working? What do you need out of work? What are those driving factors for you? And the more clear you can get about them, the easier it will be to not jump out of the frying pan into the fire, but perhaps to make a good decision, a good move for you, or even be able to communicate better with where you are in your current role and perhaps not even have to make a move, make things better where you are. So as you think about your summer, your summer reflection time here, that is one of the things that I would consider is what are what's really driving you? Where do you want to go based on your pile of experiences? What do you know is most important to hold on to as you move forward and what do you want more of? Those are some key questions to be able to answer. What do you want to hold on to and what do you want more out of? what do you want more of? It's usually really easy to say the things we don't want to be clear about where we're moving away from and that can be a powerful thought but the fo more focused you can be about where it is you're going to and what you want more of the easier that transition will be so we're going to take another short break here and we'll come back in just a few minutes and continue your summer inventory for career success Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're doing your summer career inventory. How can you be prepared for career success moving forward? So we've talked about getting an outline of where you've been, what you've done, those accomplishments and achievement stories that go with that, and then digging a little bit deeper to find some stories around when have you been most successful, what are your peak experiences, those things that just stand out as, wow, I can't believe I got to do that. Looking at the themes in those, seeing where you're really thriving, where you're succeeding, 
and then taking that into a forward look. How can you set some goals to achieve those things? How can you identify what you really value, what you really need out of work to be successful and happy, and then moving those those forward into your next your next exploration. So if you're going to explore a new position, that's going to be the backbone of it. The backbone is going to be when have you been successful and happy. If the backbone is just when you've been successful, you may end up being successful again in the next position, but miserable, probably not a great long-term strategy. Or if you're just looking at when you've been happy, you may may not be able to sell that to the employer. So we want a good mix of those things. When have we been successful and happy? And as we're putting together those stories and really thinking about moving forward in our career, you know, these are great things to be able to communicate on a regular basis where you are in your work, to be able to share with your colleagues and bosses the things that you enjoy, to be able to, t- to capture opportunities that are related to what you enjoy and, and to know when it's something that you say no to, that it's just not a good fit with your skill set. And perhaps there's someone on your team that would love that opportunity because it's it's part of their driving forces, it's not part of yours. And being able to really be clear about that with the people who are around us every day and see our work every day is going to be a big influencer on our movement forward in a good direction for us. So some of the other little things that you might collect, evaluations or, or salary reviews, hopefully your business, they're doing those two things separate, but any feedback that you've received, you might even start a folder in your email for feedback, for kudos, although the the negative feedback is important too. Hopefully you're not getting that via email, but if you're getting feedback, especially good, good feedback via email and or in writing at these performance reviews, keep those in a separate folder so that you don't have to dig for them later. You can do a search in your email, you know, spend five minutes one week this summer and dig through that email, find those those kudos, that good feelings from worker, coworkers, customers, vendors, and collect them into one file. Very powerful there to see what themes they've come up with, what themes are surrounding those those kudos. It'd be a great opportunity to understand if people are seeing you and praising you for the same things that you want to move forward that you want to be seen as. And if not, then perhaps we need to be clearer about that and think about how we can find opportunities that demonstrate that more. If so, you're on the right track and keep these things because they can be great opportunities for your resume and even in an interview, those can be pieces of information that you use for that third-party perspective on why you're great at what you do. In addition to that, you may have formal formal letters of recommendation. Hopefully you have those saved somewhere separately already, but if not, dig them out. Put them in a place that makes sense with some of your other career materials in your computer, in your email, whatever it might be. And this is perhaps a good time over the summer to also start building those relationships on LinkedIn. So if people have worked with you in the past, are you connected with them on LinkedIn? Do you interact with them there or in another another social media that may make sense for your industry? Where is it that you're keeping in touch with those people who could be your your champions, who could be the the voice of rah-rah, the cheerleading voice, when you're looking to make that move in your industry. There's nothing worse than having to reach out to someone you worked with two years ago that you haven't touched base with at all in the past five years, <laughs> two years, and ask them for a recommendation or letter of recommendation out of the blue because you're now looking to make a move. So summer can also be a great time to rekindle those relationships, invite people to ice cream, or if you, you drink iced coffee, whatever it might be, and rekindle those relationships that are really going to be critical to your career. Those people who you would ask 
for letters of recommendation if you needed them or who you would ask for recommendations on LinkedIn. Don't just reach out to them and ask for a LinkedIn recommendation. Start with the relationship, especially if you're not unemployed. If you're employed, there's no reason to to be rude and, and have your first request be that recommendation on LinkedIn when you haven't talked to them for a year. Build the relationship, take them to a, a coffee, or if you're not in the same town anymore, at least exchange some conversations on a social medium or on email, share some, some information they may be interested in, and take your time in building that relationship before you're asking for that reference or recommendation. Now's the best time to do it. So people, we've got people who recommend us, we've got people we want to rekindle relationships with. Make an, make an inventory of your people. And this may sound strange, but if you don't have it written down somewhere, you probably aren't going to remember to touch base with that person every other month or once a quarter or whatever you think makes sense to maintain that relationship between you and, and your colleague. Where do you keep your inventory of people, right? Some of you may still have a Rolodex and that's okay. If that's how it works for you, don't don't go changing it. Use Use it if it works. Some of you may be using LinkedIn, but are you really using it? Are you really keeping track of people? Are you staying connected? You can use LinkedIn now to set reminders of when to reconnect with people. You can use some of their features that they've tried to roll out there as a kind of customer relationship management opportunity in LinkedIn. So you can use those functions. You can tag people You can do all of those things in LinkedIn now to see if there's an opportunity. You can include notes and reminders as well as tagging people there in LinkedIn. Use those functions if it makes sense to do so for you, if that's a good place to keep it. Some people like to use just their email system. If you've got contacts, uh, contacts feature within your email system and you can set reminders or anything like that in there that's a great thing to do and then I always recommend that you kind of think of it as a small business owner without being too corny is there a way that you can stay in touch with those people on a regular basis and if you think about your real estate agent or your mortgage lender or your uh, special your insurance person you know they send you a card on your birthday perhaps they send you a card for Thanksgiving or one of those other benign holidays and That can be a good way to stay in touch with your contacts if you do it in a way that makes sense for you and and your industry, right? If sending a, a card for something specific like that makes sense, do it. You can set up systems to help you do it. It's really just about making those connections matter. And, you know, if they're real genuine connections in your industry, there's a lot of ways that you can stay in touch with them about very specific things, asking questions of them about your industry, sharing industry articles or updates with them, going to professional conferences, which we talked about last week to stay in touch with them. Find those genuine ways to stay in touch with those those people. And then again, you won't have to be forcing those connections or reaching out to ask for something when you haven't talked to the person forever at at a certain point in your career when you're looking to make a move or or looking to get some information you need to be more marketable in your current position. So t- figure out this summer what works for you. How do you have your inventory of people? How are you keeping track of them? How do you stay in touch with them? They are going to be the most impactful piece of your career development those relationships, and as we talked about last week, not just internal to your company, but external. And it's really a challenge to to do that, especially for some people. For other people, it's quite natural. But if it's not natural to you to stay in touch with people, get yourself a system. Ask other people what works for them. Get in, you know, and engage your family if you have that support, your your spouse especially, 
how could they, how would they recommend that you do it? Maybe they've got ideas. That may be loaded questions for some of you, but maybe for some of you, it'd be if that's their strength, be great for them to share some ideas with you. And as you're thinking about people, of course, don't forget your customers, your vendors, your suppliers. Those people may be critical to your career movement, getting their feedback, getting their involvement, staying in touch with them may be a critical piece of your career management. So don't forget them as you're making your list. And of course, that leads into the last piece of the people part, which is your references. If you had to list references, you know, we talked about letters of recommendation, but if you had to list references, who's would those, who would those people be? And when's the last time you talked to them? Build those relationships now too and start gathering those references because they aren't just for job search. There's a lot of other opportunities to have a win-win relationship with those people who would refer you because I'm guessing they'd probably be a person that, that you'd refer as well. And, and having the conversation about where they're going and what's important to them can be a nice, rich, two-way conversation. So we're going to take our last break here and finish up with the tactical pieces of things that need to go in your career portfolio this summer as you're doing your career inventory. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is Marie Zimanoff, your host, and today we're talking about a career inventory for the summer a career clear out for the summer. How are you going to move into the next year or this fall? Things always seem to pick up in the fall. How are you going to move into that busy season with a clear head about where you're going, what you want out of your career, and how you might get there? So we've talked about an inventory in terms of when you've been where and putting all those details together of really thinking through when you've been successful and what those experiences bring together, what they mean for you in terms of what you're looking for out of work and what you want to bring to work, and then the people. We spent a whole segment almost on people because they're so important to our success, to have real relationships across our industry and within our company of people that we talk to on a regular basis that we offer assistance to, that we offer value to, as well as, of course, then feel comfortable asking for help when we need it. This may be a time to start thinking about who you want to be a mentor. And I've been talking to someone recently who's got a colleague that's looking for a mentor, and they were talking about, oh, you know, they had talked to their boss 
no, 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 that's not a mentor. In a mentor can be within your company, perhaps within a different business unit or a different business area. You really don't want it to be any of your superiors, your boss or your boss's boss that creates awkwardness. A mentor is be it is and can be someone who's even external to the organization. And someone that's still in the industry would be my first pick, my best pick. And you know, if there are separate business units in your business, it it can be someone in one of those other business units. You're looking for someone who is where you think you want to be, who uses the skills you want to use. You're looking for someone that can help you figure out how to navigate your organization or industry as well as your own career path a little bit, although you can't expect that person to be an expert in the career space. A lot of people today are getting into more leadership coaching, and I don't say that because I am a leadership coach, but it seems to be on the uptick in a big way for this reason, perhaps, that although a mentor can fulfill some of that, it's also nice just to have that objective person that you could share all of the bad stuff with and work through it versus especially if you're choosing someone too close to home, you're not going to share the negative things that you need to share to get what you need to get out of a mentorship. So be careful about that. That may be one other key person you think about bringing on to your, your team here and your career inventory. So some of the other tactical more perhaps easy things to gather you know, if you have your stories and you're starting to gather those, if you have your testimonials from coworkers, clients, customers, vendors, that's great. Start to collect the work that you've done. So if you've created presentations, where are they? Can you do anything with them? Are they all proprietary or are there pieces of them that could be shared? Those are great things to put on LinkedIn using SlideShare. If you can dumb them down and cleanse them and get out, get it out there so that the world can see it, it's more visible than just something that you've delivered internally. Look for those opportunities to do something now. Can, is there a conference you can present at in the next year? Those are some great summer planning activities for you. Articles, blogs, white papers. What are you writing? Are you writing anything for your business that could be used in a different way? You'll be surprised these days at what your marketing department might be interested in helping you get out into the world onto social media because they know that that is great marketing for them if it's done in the right way to have you marketing the company. Well, guess what? You're also marketing yourself. So take an inventory of those things. Do you have a great list of the presentations you've given, conference presentations, papers you submitted for publication, some of you maybe even patents, or is it all over the place? If so, let's start gathering it and putting it all together. And again, figuring out if there are ways that you can use that moving forward. And perhaps if you're looking at your inventory or you're thinking, huh, I don't have any of that then this summer might be a time to think about when and where. Conferences you could present at make a great end date for getting whatever it is done, your presentation, your paper. So those can be good things to spur you along. Perhaps there's a white paper opportunity. Talk with, your again, your marketing team or your boss and get it integrated into your process at the company so that it's not something that you have to do on your own necessarily. Or perhaps there is a topic where you'd like to do a white paper that's separate and get engaged in the industry in a different way. That can be a great use of those professional associations to see what might be coming up or what types of topics people are looking for in your space. And of course, as you're putting together those presentations and publications and patents, Go ahead and add them to what we might call a a master resume. I don't like to use the word resume with it because it's really not a resume. It's just a inventory. And we'll decide later what we might want to put on an inventory or a resume and what we might not want to put on a, a resume. 
This summer, you might also look at what opportunities are there to get out of your space. What are opportunities to get out of the box? This may be some community activities. Maybe there's an opportunity to join a civic organization or volunteer to do something that gets you out of that head down mentality at work. We can get stuck there and it really isn't going to build our career. Working 70 hours a week and delivering without having any other development for yourself outside of that is not going to do anything for you. Maybe a new splash, but it's just not. And a lot and a lot of research, a lot of articles will share that with you, that people who go on vacation tend to get more raises and more promotions. Very weird phenomenon, right? But they're saying, I'm important, and yet I've got boundaries. And people respect that. People respect people who are working on themselves, who are doing continuing education. And in almost every industry today, things are moving so fast that if you're not doing some of that, you're going to get left behind. So start looking for those other opportunities. It may be a professional association. It may be a community group, as I talked about last week with Rotary for me. It may be a class that you want to take. There's tons of online opportunities to do that. How are you going to build on your career and develop yourself in this next year? And one of my favorite opportunities, of course, is volunteering and volunteering to be on a nonprofit board. Be a great way to grow your leadership skills, your visibility, and get outside of that box so that when you're looking to make a career move, one, you have some more rich stories to tell, and two, you have a bigger pool of people who's experienced your work at that high level. So as you look at your career inventory this summer, just take a few few days a few hours a week, whatever it is, and really think about where you're going, where you've been, and what you need to get to where you want to go. And of course, we'll be right back here again next week with another great topic on the Career Confidant. And in the meantime, you're always welcome to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com or connect with Marie Zimanoff. It starts with a Z, Marie Zimanoff on LinkedIn. Love to connect with you there as well. We'll see you again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 